0: Podcast where we sit down and discuss various aspects of creativity within music production with artists, musicians, and scholars. I'm Zach Diaz. Today we're going to be talking to Vano3000. Originally from Nottingham, England, Vano grew up in New York and Florida and has been a producer, beatmaker maker for quite a few years now. And has recently gotten internet stardom with his beat "Running Away." If you're on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen it. It was the whole Adult Swim trend. I got a chance to sit down and talk with him for a bit about sort of his creative process, what he's doing right now uh, in terms of beat making, how that Adult Swim trend on TikTok came to be, and yeah, it was a really good conversation, so hope you enjoy it. Hi, Vano. How are you doing? How you doing, Zach? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, it's, it's great for you to be here. Thanks for, for kind of joining me and just talking about your music and just kind of everything that's happened especially with TikTok just kind of starting off like what was your sort of like musical upbringing like not necessarily just with beats but just sort of in general
1: oh in general um well my dad he used to play a lot of reggae and like i remember growing up he just like, have these huge speakers that, like, growing up, I used to feel the bass of the reggae, like, you know, Bob Marley, and just, like, Roots Rock Reggae, Barrington Levy, like, all the classic reggae artists. I used to sit on those speakers and really just take in the bass and the energy from the music, you know? And then my mom, she did a lot of, like, soul, so a lot of, like, Stevie Wonder, like, all the greats, man. It's been a whole mixture, but... Obviously, I was raised in New York City in Brooklyn, and um, I was raised in the 90s when, you know, hip hop was really mm-hmm. flourishing and stuff like that. So I gravitated to that pretty heavily, you know, DMX, Jay-Z, all of that, like The Roots, Outkast.
0: It's a hell of a time to yeah. be in New York in the 90s.
1: Yeah. And then I moved to uh, Florida as a teenager, um, around like 13, 14 years old that's when I really started getting into like Outkast and like, mm. you know, a lot of the other Southern artists. Yeah, man. Like the transition of when I moved to the South and how the South started taking over in mm. hip hop, it was just, it was just a beautiful transition. I was able to get both sides of mm. the coin, you know?
0: So what kind of got you into beat making?
1: Um, I've always felt this rhythm inside of me, you know? And like all my life, I, I, I've always tried to find ways to let it out. And, you know, whether it be through playing sports or just, um, just being creative in general. But as I got older, I found that making beats allowed me to really tap into that rhythm that I feel in my soul. You get what I'm saying? So um, I started off on a computer, FL Studio, just playing around with it, and stuff like that. As the years went by, I like did a self-analysis and was like, wow, you're still doing this. You must really love it, you know? So it just kept going and going. And then eventually I got into uh, using hardware rather than software. And so um, I put a lot of time and energy into perfecting my craft that way.
0: What started you out? Was it FL Studio or? No,
1: actually what started me out was pots and pans in my ah. mom's kitchen. Yeah, yeah, that's what started me out. Um, as a kid, I just like I said, I always felt like a rhythm inside of me. So like you know, I'd tapping on things, making noise and stuff. But I remember I used to set up pots and pans on the kitchen floor with the spatula and and like a spoon and just drumming. My mom. At first she was like, oh, that's cute. But then eventually she was like, I've got to get you like a laptop or something. So you could like figure out how to do that in a different way, you know? So yeah, like 13, 14 years old, man. Like I remember buying FL Studio, I bought Pro Tools and like they used to come with these little DVD discs that, Mm. um, you know, the tutorials and all that. And I'd study it, man. I took it so seriously.
0: Do you think there's something about that age specifically, like when you're around 13, 14, that like, it's just kind of the right moment? It helps. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, like, what did you start at 13?
0: Yeah, like around the same age. I just like, you know, a lot of people that, you know, once they start making beats, it's like around that age.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's like... You know, at that age, you you just became a teenager and it's like, well, you know, what do I want to do? What what do I enjoy doing? You know, you're not really a kid anymore. You're slowly going into being a teenager. And um, the teenage years, they fly so quick. So it's like, I think that's really a crucial time. Like if you have any sort of interest to really dedicate your time and energy towards whatever it is that you like doing rather than just like hanging out with friends and stuff like that. Like, I've always had that mindset. I've always been like, let me just stay focused, you know, and like stay out of trouble and try to just, you know, build on my craft. Because one day, who knows, something might come out of it. Yeah, I've always had the feeling like I'd I'd do something cool with it. So, like, I really just stuck to it and just kept going.
0: Finally, getting to the TikTok stuff. So kind of how did the, the running away be?
1: come to be um i had sort of i had like two hundred fifty thousand followers before that the trend started on tiktok i was building a following through um just making beats live on tiktok and um you know building my audience and whatnot and i started when when i started my tiktok i was in south florida but um i travel a lot and remember this is like mid pandemic kind of so is like people weren't really traveling as much. So this is like the first time that I stayed in one place for like a long period of time. When I say a long period of time, like a year and a half, <laughs> you know, because I'm usually just all over the place. I ended up moving to New York. It was a really challenging time for me because I had to transition from my comfort zone and from the way I used to do things on TikTok, which was I had a pickup truck that I used to make the beats in. And, you know, that was kind of like, cool and attracted a lot of people like look he's making beats in his in his truck you know type of thing so I had to get really creative and I just was trying out new things I got like a little part-time job in New York and I was walking and I was just listening to music usually like when I'm walking around New York City it's just a lot of uh, a lot of inspiration a lot of good energy out there you know so I heard the time would flow I knew about the track before but I was listening to it again, and, like, that one lyric just hit me, like, running away is easy, it's leaving is hard. And I related to it so much because, like, I'm the type of person that's just traveling everywhere and stuff, and it's like leaving was hard at that time because it was mid-pandemic. I didn't know where I was going to stay in New York. Um, I was actually, like, in a homeless shelter. At the time of the adult film trend, it's just a lot going on. You get what I'm saying? So that song really, it really resonated with me at that time. This was just a little over a year ago, you know? It's just crazy how fast things change and happen. I started chopping up the sample on my phone while I was walking around the city one day, and then I brought it back to my um, SP-404, and then I just started like pitching and chopping it up and stuff like that. I was doing, I was at the studio the night before. I went to get breakfast. She met up with me, and like she would always just video me and take photos of me without me even asking. I was just like, All right, I guess this looks interesting to you, you know. So um, I was eating a sandwich, and she just, you know, was videoing me walking across the street in New York City. She sent the video later on, and I looked back at it, I was like, Oh, that's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. She did the effects and everything. I was like, Oh, okay, pretty cool. And I made the beat the day before that. So I was like, hmm, these go pretty well together. Let me put this up on TikTok. Mm. And then um, that went viral. And then the day after I seen um, Spider-Man in in the subway, the way I was just filming him and stuff, it just reminded me of like an Adult Swim commercial. It was just like an off-the-wall type of vibe, you know? So I decided to make my own Adult Swim um, commercial out of it. I posted it up and it just took off.
0: The trend was happening. I just assumed it was like a Mad Lib beat from 2007 or something. Because it kept saying Adult Swim. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing that. It just has that sound. Yeah. So, like, yeah. growing up, did you watch Adult Swim a lot?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember my mom, she used to not. I used to have Adult Swim on and she did not like it. Just <laughs> like, it's the same with, like, the Grand Theft Auto, you know? Like, yeah. I love Grand Theft Auto and Adult Swim. The time that I was in the homeless shelter, and I was watching a lot of adults. Swim. I got really lucky with that situation, too, because they actually, since we was going through the pandemic, they put me in a hotel for like three months. Mm -hmm. So I had like my own room and everything, my own TV. And I just kept it on Cartoon Network because I was working at that part time job, which is called Mr. Purple. It's a rooftop bar in in the Lower East Side in New York Mm -hmm. City. And I'd get off sometimes at like 3 a.m., 2 a.m., like, you know, real late. So when I'd get back to my room, it'd already be on Cartoon Network, which at that time would be Adult Swim. I'd get in, shower with Adult Swim playing on in the background, get into my bed, still got the TV on. It just, you know, reminded me of better days. It just comforted me. I think that's what really pushed me to want to make my own Adult Swim bump just the memories and like the beats I was hearing in the commercials. It was so comforting. It was just, you know, a period of time in my life, it was just a blessing in disguise really. Like being in a situation like that but, you know, getting something good out of it.
0: There's got to be something to that because I feel like a lot of people kind of our age, they kind of have this sort of nostalgia for the adult swim bumps. I think it was at a friend's house. I was 15 or 16. And I think it was like a Jay Dilla beat with just some like I don't know visuals, yeah. and I was like, "What is this?" Whoa! <laughs> like yeah. you know, I was like half asleep, and then I woke up the next morning going, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: do? man!" You know, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. Um, and yeah, I love adult with all my heart. Um, I feel like it really is a staple in our culture and like our generation and many more generations to come. Now, you know. We've got a whole new generation that's on Adult Swim now that's Mm -hmm. just loving it. People are seeing the potential um, of what they're able to achieve, you know, with that type of stuff. Um, Some of the most legendary names are associated with Adult Adult Swim. Some of the most legendary uh, names in music. So, yeah, man, it's an honor.
0: Is like Adult Swim reached out in any way? Yeah, maybe. yeah,
1: we've got a great relationship. Um, oh, I'm in contact with their team and everything. They've shouted their praises. They've yeah, man. It's been it's been really good. Um, hopefully, in the future, you'll see um, more collaborations between nice. us. But it's such a huge company, you know. There's so many different people that you've got to go through for different things mm-hmm. and whatnot. Obviously, you know, they have their festivals and stuff like that. So in the near future, you could definitely. See more collaboration than 2000 oh. adults from Yeah. So, what, what are yeah. your thoughts on kind of the current, um, this with the sort of
0: like TikTok ecosystem, like the culture, the algorithm? Like,
1: the- it's changed a lot since last year, honestly. Mm. Um, but you know, that's just the times we're living in. Things yeah. come and go really fast. But I do think it does look like it's taken over, man. Like, mm. they're just doing everything right. They know how to capture people's attention. And um, I think it's a great time for artists and creatives of all types to just really take advantage of it. Just, you know, don't try to copy what other people are doing. Be creative and think of something and just try to innovate, you know?
0: Do you think there's Um, sort of like, especially with kind of how the algorithm works where things, just kind of take off and can just get viral... At such a breakneck speed. Do you think there are kind of like pros and cons to that?
1: Um, I don't really see any cons to it. What I just think like if you're just being creative, just being you, not everything is positive and, you know, good for the world, right? But the things that are, when those types of things takes off, I think it's good. Yeah, not everything that that goes viral is really beneficial for mankind as a whole, you know. (laughs) But (laughs) what I gather from it and what I think other people should gather from it is that it's possible for anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's a platform, it allows it gives everyone a chance. And I think that's really inspiring for people. It makes people want to get creative and want to create and see well. Mm Maybe I could do that too in my own way, you know?
0: I think there's a, a misunderstanding that, like, because this sort of algorithm and the way TikTok sort of as a user interface works, it's like people are just kind of not consciously engaging in any sort of way. But I think it's not, that's not really true because it's like there's plenty of yeah. artists, you know, such as you or, you know, a million other artists that I never would have listened to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I look at my, Spotify and <laughs> you could see the you know the the curve in the in the streams after the trend. I would say the one major downside to it though is that after going viral, you're gonna see a dip. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. at some point, you could probably go viral five times in a row, but at some point you're gonna see a curve. You get what I'm saying? And that could deter a lot of people. That could scare a lot of people. But you just got to float. You've got to find your middle ground and float. Eventually, you will get another high. But it's just going through the motions with it, figuring it out, and just remembering the reason why you're doing it in the first place. You know, Um, it's got to be from a good place or it's just going to consume you. Because at the end of the day, like, A trend is a trend,
0: (laughs) you know? It's this expectation of, okay, well, what's the next thing? Because I can't rely on that one thing forever.
1: Right, right. I've never really got too consumed in it. Honestly, when the adult swim trend was going super viral, I didn't even know it. I knew it was, you know, it's was picking up traction, but I didn't know to what extent because on my TikTok, for some reason, I wasn't getting my own sound on. You get what I'm saying? It makes yeah. sense. It's my own sound. I don't think they really push your own sound onto your For You page. A lot of people that knew me, they were like, bro, I can't escape your song, man. <laughs> like, what is going on? You know, I'm like, wow. I probably still don't really know the effect or how Mm -hmm. big it was. I I don't know. But like I said, I'm not too concerned about it. I'm just, as long as it made people feel good, I'm cool with it. Coming to the UK, actually, and having that meet and greet, that was like one of the moments I was like, wow, okay, like, it reached all the way here to the UK, and this many people heard it and know Mm -hmm. about it, and they're like, yo, I love that track. And then Of course, when you have a popular song, people will go back to your older catalog and see what else you've done. That was really good, too, because I've put out multiple beat tapes before the trend and, uh, you know, people is just loving that stuff. That
0: specific beat, the Running Away beat, did that kind of change the outlook of your own creative process at all? Like going forward, were you like, okay, I should do beats like this now or maybe I should do something different, you know?
1: Um, no, actually, no, 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 I just continue to, I've always been an experimental type of artist, you know, and that's, shout out to Bad Bad Not Good, by the way, I, mm. I love them. Uh, we met in LA a few months ago, they're great guys, Nice. Um, nice. I'm really cool with their record label and stuff like that, like, it's a good team of people, you know, genuine hearted, good people. Yeah, after that track, I just kept doing me, man. I was releasing beat tapes before, and then I was releasing beat tapes after. Still am. I just released one (laughs) last week, you know? So I will say that the beats are improving for sure, though, because um, thanks to my audience, you know, just the reception that I get, I listen. Like, when when I see something working, I listen, and I'm like, okay, well... And I also practice too. That's another important thing. Like every day is just making beats and just developing your style. That's the only way to get better.
0: That's a really good point too. Is that People don't think of beats as like a thing you practice, but it is.
1: Without you even realizing it, honestly, mm-hmm. like I just love it so much that I do it that often, but I'm pra- it It is practice. My mind is seeing it as practice. I'm seeing, I'm getting enjoyment fulfillment out of it but my mind is seeing it as you know like okay it's like we have our own algorithms pretty much us as human beings we have our own little algorithms and this applies to all things in life um relationships uh to tastes in foods or like you know our likes and dislikes i think best based on our like past experiences in our mind, we tell ourselves, oh, I like this, or uh, subconsciously, you know? And then as you live on and you get older and stuff, you automatically know, it's like, I don't like that. I like this. This is how I like this done. This is how I like this, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with beats. It's like, um, for me, like a good indicator is when my head's popping. It's like when I'm making a beat, I'm like, Yes, yeah. like I feel it, you know, that type of thing.
0: Something I'm always interested in talking to musicians, especially, is kind of like what they're interested in that isn't music that's sort of outside, you know, other mediums of whether it's books, movies, games, whatever. So, like, what kind oh, media are you? Are well, you, n- you named
1: them both, but <laughs> you missed one. <laughs> um, I, I read a lot, I love reading. Actually, right now I'm reading, uh, yes. Oh my God. I've been mm-hmm. looking for this book forever. And wow. Yeah. That's all I've got to say is wow, 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 wow. Um, yeah, I get a lot out of reading it. It really, it soothes my brain and video games. I love video games. It does a lot for me.
0: What are some of your favorites?
1: It's going to sound cliche, but Fortnite is like at the top of my (laughs) list right now. And I was one of those guys at the beginning. I was like, huh, Fortnite, like you got to build and stuff like, you know, I'm not into all that, but there's a genius behind the game, like with the characters and the emotes and the music selection that they've got and the artwork. And, you know, it's just it's art. Video games is art, period. Mm -hmm. Some of the classics I like, of course, Street Fighter. A lot of people probably don't know this one, but Brawlhalla. It's a fighting game, sort of like Super Smash Brothers, but not quite. It's more kind of strategic. Yeah, I like a lot of shooters. I like Apex. But growing up, I've done like a lot of RPGs, like you know, Pokemon and Final Fantasy stuff like that. But like as I've been getting older, it's the battle royales for me.
0: You
1: know? oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Battle royales I I love the competition of it. Um, I've done so, I've done some time on PUBG. Kind of outgrew it though, and but my number one um inspiration and passion, I'd say, is travel. Yeah, man, I learn a lot from traveling and uh, learning about other people, and, and you know, tasting different foods. Love food. Mm-hmm. It's just something about exploring new places to me that just makes me feel like a human being you know we're here to travel and explore and we're flowers we're blooming flowers and it feeds my roots you get what totally. i'm saying
0: as a fellow us to uk <laughs> transplant yeah. I, I definitely feel that um
1: i'm actually not a transplant to the uk i was born oh yeah, here True. true yeah. yeah but but yeah usa it's in my heart of course mm. man raises american um I've been coming back and forth um, all my life. So I've always had the good balance of the UK-USA balance, you know. Growing older, I've just grown to appreciate the UK a lot more. When I was younger, I used to say, oh, man, it's boring, you know, (laughs) because, like, you know, things would close uh, pretty early over Mm -hmm. here compared to in the US and stuff like that. And, like, usually it was grandma and granddad vibes. Like, I'd usually come here and stay with my grandparents and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. They were like my second parents, honestly. They took care of me like their own child. But after the pandemic, it's like seeing how much the world has changed and like everywhere it closes early now. Like even now, it's just weird hours everywhere. We just pretty got conditioned to get used to that. And started thinking maybe the UK is not that bad after all. And it's not. <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> you know, um, I love the music culture here. I just love it. It just feels like home. And I'm sure for you too, coming Mm -hmm. from the U.S. to the U.K., how has that been for you?
0: Well, I think it's specific for me especially because I live in Bristol and just the music culture specifically in Bristol is like everything I've ever wanted. It's just the perfect size. It's not too big. It's not too small. You can fit yourself into a community and it's just like, okay, this is everything I wanted. Perfect. That's amazing,
1: man. I I always hear great things about Bristol. I hope Mm -hmm. to like be there soon for sure man so the music community in bristol is really dope
0: yeah and if people talk about like trip hop and drum and bass and stuff that's obviously portis head yeah porter said <laughs> massive attack those guys but like even the jazz yeah. scene especially here is i did a degree in saxophone and then i just kind of stopped playing for a while just because i don't know i was doing other jobs i was into other stuff and then i moved here and i was like oh man i really miss it so i like i it convinced me to get into the saxophone again
1: that's beautiful when like a community, like your living space inspires you to want to get back into your art. I think that's, that's really dope.
0: It's similar in London as well, but it's just Bristol kind of has its own jazz scene. I'm just so used to like going to jazz gigs and it's all like 50 to 70 year olds. <laughs> like, it's all really oh, old okay. people. And then I go here. I was a in a young crowd. Yeah. And I was like, I was at a jazz gig in London and it was all like 20 year olds. And they were like, just losing their Freaking minds, and it was just like this
1: is yeah. so weird. <laughs> like I get it, yeah, yeah. Have you been to? um I wish I remembered the name. But there's a classic jazz club in London that I went to, and yeah, it was the same vibe. I was like, yes, yeah, really young vibe. You would not see that in the in the states at all, man.
0: Maybe like New York or parts of LA or something.
1: Maybe, maybe, like, maybe. Yeah.
0: I mean, I grew up in Texas too, so like
1: no geez. jazz there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I love it. And I just love how you're able to just travel around the UK so easy, like Mm. by train, by bus. If you want to go to Manchester, Birmingham, you know, Bristol, Mm. London, Nottingham, just a train or bus right away.
0: All right. That was Vano 3000. If you want to check out his stuff, he's got stuff on Spotify follow them on social media and if you liked this episode and you'd like to hear more make sure to follow us on instagram twitter facebook make sure to listen to us on wherever you listen to podcasts thank you for listening we will see you next time